Not that up a maestro, more like that lizard from Geico. When I lick, 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 you go psycho. Downtown, I'm more famous than Michael. My game, I gave it to Tyco. Gene Simmons of my time, whoa, got my control, damn control. Up to your spine and back down to your toes. Melt you, little mama, like pie and Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames. We have an awesome show for you today. We have a Lorraine Landon is going to be uh, 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 sharing with us a little bit of her life experiences. She was on a lot of movies over the years, so it's going to be awesome to interview her. Plus... What's going on in San Francisco as The Matrix begins filming? All this coming up. But first, let's go ahead and take a listen to Bobby Bebop and Quest Crosses Losing My Religion. Cross and Bebop Losing My Religion This is a EDRM Remix and man that's an awesome Song 
But in from an awesome song to awesome entertainment news. In the news today, it looks like The Matrix 4 has already started filming in San Francisco. And man, is it starting up crazy because local residents started taking uh, pictures and took to, to Instagram or uh, actually a Twitter. Uh, there's a Twitter uh, handle by the name of at culture crave that, sh- that, that shot a brief video of what appears to be a crazy stunt on high rise buildings in San Francisco. And you can clearly see that there's like two people that are jumping off of one of the skyscrapers and they're like floating. They're being hung on by a lot of wires, which is really freaking cool. So that brings up the, the question, how awesome this, this, uh, this movie is going to be so far, but it still has so many other questions asking what the movie is going to be about exactly. I mean, as as I reported on before, the, you know, the movie ended kind of uh, with unfinished business a little bit. Yes, Neo was the hero, so was Trinity, but they both died, but it just felt a little bit unfinished. I said that before in one of my other podcasts, one of my other reports a couple of uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago. So hopefully we'll go ahead and get some answers, but it's really awesome that we're already starting to see uh, some results happen from this uh, from the start from the stunt. The filming's already taking place, so I'm really looking forward to what's going to happen with this movie. In other entertainment news, the Goonies finally get a TV series. Well kind of apparently uh fox has ordered a pilot for a for a goonies related tv series and this is according to variety magazine and uh, apparently it's going to it's an untitled project so it's not really the goonies but it will follow a substitute teacher named stella cooper who basically helps her three students make uh, a remake of their favorite movie which is you know the goonies so that's what this that's what this uh this whole thing's going to be about so don't get your hopes up fans this isn't really going to be a remake or reboot of the goonies and there has been no confirmed uh no confirmation as to whether or not any of the old characters from the original movie the goonies will be will be coming out to do any type of any type of cameos or anything like that at the same time, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit happy that it's not a reboot because it, it's one of those things where I'm kind of leave the 80s movies where the 80s are because this is one of my favorite movies. The Goonies, you know, uh, uh, there's the Ghostbusters, you know, there's a bunch of 80s movies that uh, the Breakfast Club, all the John Hughes movies that should not be touched. Unfortunately, the Ghostbusters has been touched and that didn't do too well at the box office. I'm sure because many other 80s babies like myself aren't too happy with the fact of the matter that they do reboots on these awesome movies that we love and cherish since, you know, we were kids. So I'm glad that they're not doing a reboot on this movie. However, I'm still, you know, I don't know, a a TV, a related TV series that has to do with this. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit sketchy on that whole ordeal right there. So, but you never know. I mean, for all we know, this actually could come out to be pretty nice and we all might enjoy it. So, you know, more power to more power to Fox to trying to go ahead and bring back uh, an old 80s favorite. In other entertainment news, Jeff Bezos, the owner of Amazon, who is worth $130 billion, has committed to putting $10 billion of the $130 billion to fight climate change. So apparently Bezos has decided to make that announcement and he has started launching the Bezos Earth Fund, which is a global initiative uh, that will fund scientists, activists and non-government organizations and that will spearhead efforts to protect the earth in a uh, in he, he shared a, a um, some he shared uh, something on Instagram and, and basically says uh, he's he's announcing it and he says today. Today I'm thrilled to announce I am launching the Bessels Earth Fund. Climate change is the biggest threat to our planet. I want to work alongside others both to amplify known ways and to explore new ways of fighting the devastating impact of climate change on this planet we all share. This global initiative will fund scientists, activists, NGOs, any effort that offers a real possibility to help preserve and protect the natural world. We can save earth 
we can save Earth. It's going to take collective action from big companies, small companies, nation states, global organizations, and individuals. I'm committing $10 billion to start oh, and will begin issuing grants this summer. Earth is the one thing we all have in common. Let's protect it together. Jeff Bezos, thank you. I'm glad that somebody with your amount of money is actually taking action in saving our planet that we we live in we take advantage of this planet way too much we have we have wasted a lot of natural resources and we're destroying it little by little so i'm glad that you're using your money to actually make something happen who knows maybe your ex-wife you know she received a lot of your 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 money so hopefully we may be able to see something happen there she may be able to help us out and uh here's hoping for that uh, up next we have an awesome interview with uh with actress lorraine landon but before we get to that interview uh let's go ahead and check out an awesome song from one of my favorite bands dirty machine bbfb look away child Queen Lorraine Landon, how you doing, Lorraine? Well, I'm better than most and not as good as some. How are you? <laughs> I'm actually doing pretty well. It's a little warm. I'm here, but I'm not all there, the usual. Aren't we I all? Eh? Aren't we all, though? Aren't we all here, but not all there? Oh, yeah. That's that's just the way life is, right? 
How boring to be normal. That's my uh, my theory. That's what I'm saying. So, Lorraine, you've been in a lot of uh, you've you've been in the industry for a long time, and uh, you actually. Yeah, and, and, you, and you've uh, been recognized for your roles in Airplane 2, Maniac Cop, and Maniac Cop 2, All the Marbles, I, The Jury, Hundred, and many more. So, you know, first of all, Airplane 2 is one of my favorite movies, just so you know. Like, that's, that's, that's one of my Airplane and Airplane 2. I, those movies had me dying. I was laughing so hard. Really? Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's one of the great greats. I thought the first one was much better. Did you, did, how do you feel about that? You know, yeah, well, I mean, sequels are always a little bit softer yeah. than, than the first one. So, yeah, the first one was much better, but I yeah, still like the was. second one anyway because of the over, like, how they over-exaggerated everything. everything. Oh, and, yeah. and it was just amazing to me, so. I but, thought Shatner was a screamer. <laughs> he was. <laughs> you know, being so aggressive and nasty, and then he just opens the door and comes right through. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it was great. I... That was not in the script that I read. Really? That. No, it wasn't in the script. I must have done that extemporaneously. Or wow. Maybe that or on the set or something, because it was not in the script. How was it like working on set with, with such, a, such an amazing cast of characters? Uh, it, well, I got very close to Sonny Bono. Uh, we, be, we became really, really good friends. and uh, he, he was the one that had the bomb, right? Eh? He was the he one was that the had bomb. the bomb. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was crazy. He was so crazy and, and wonderful. And um, so we became really close friends after the movie, him and his wife, Susie, at the time. And he uh, introduced me to a couple of friends of his. And I dated one of his friends for a while. Um, and I don't know. I, I just really loved Sonny. I was closest to Sonny. Yeah. That's awesome. So, Lorraine, how did you get started in this industry to begin with? Well, I used to watch movies with my father, mm-hmm. um, black and white movies, eh? And my dad would uh, sit in the living kitchen, and I'd be in the living room going through the TV guide. And I would ask my father, you know, like Weathering Heights, is this any good? What is this movie? And he'd say, Oh, yeah, it's a great movie. And he'd know every single movie, he knew every single actor in the movie. He knew the year the movie was made. Wow. And he'd be in the kitchen, sitting down. I'd be in the living room. And so I started watching um, um, Weathering Heights with him with Sir, uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier and uh, White Heat with James Cagney and all the Marlon Brando movies. And wow. so that's how I got into the film business. I, I wanted to know what it was like to be on the other side of the camera. And I, I attribute everything to my dad although he was very, very angry when I got in, into the film industry because he didn't want me to get hurt. And my dad, my father was a bastion of morality. Mm-hmm. So he didn't want, he, he didn't talk to me for a year and a half uh, when I got into the movie business. But when I made all the marbles, I started sending him a lot of money up in Canada because um, he didn't have any money. I was supporting him and my mom. So, um, he, he was okay with that. He just didn't want, my dad did not want me to get hurt. And, you know, he just didn't think it was a very uh, respectable uh, vocation to pursue, but that's what I wanted to do. So. It's amazing because that, it's funny. Um, my, my parents are actually the same way as well. They were always, okay. yeah, that my, my mom was always scared because I'm an only child. So my mom was oh. always terrified that uh, the industry would like have me be in drugs or yeah. have me get molested or anything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. like she was terrified because of the stories that she would hear like in, in tabloids or, or the news or anything like that. So I'm assuming that your dad was definitely thinking, especially since you, you know, you're a, a very attractive woman, you know, I'm sure that your dad was like, okay, I don't want my daughter to be like, you know, used and abused in this instance, in this industry, I'm assuming. No, that's a, you're uh, right on spot on everything you said. Uh, is is pretty much what my dad uh, said. Mm-hmm. So, but you, but you were like independent. You were like, you know what? I'm going for it, and I'm going through it, and it's just gonna happen. Well, I I, um, I was modeling first, yeah. I was modeling, and uh, there was a Miss Black Velvet pageant, and they flew me up to Las Vegas for the pageant. When I was up there, um, they narrowed it down from about a thousand girls to two of us, mm-hmm. and the uh, the the, um, the other girl got it. 
the last girl, <clears throat> pardon me. And so, and she deserved to get it. Um, and it was a billboard campaign for Black Velvet. And while it was up there, I met a casting director named Jackie Baskow. And Jackie Baskow said, you know, are, um, are you athletic? You look very athletic. Because I was way, I was really buff back then. And I said, yeah, I am. I play sports, basketball, baseball, tennis, everything. And she said, well, they're casting a movie at MGM, uh, a wrestling movie called All the Marbles. So do you, uh, I want to send you to see Ruben, Ruben um, Cannon. So I said, sure, whatever. I, didn't, I had no idea ever that I would get it when I met Robert Aldrich, I thought he was Robert Altman because I, I was 20 years old. <laughs> and I kept saying, Mr. Altman, nice to meet you, Mr. Altman. And his son would say, Bill Aldrich said, my father's name is Robert Aldrich. <laughs> said, no, I never heard of you, him. I've heard of Robert Altman, though. And they thought it was hilarious. But I was, you know, I was a, a, an idiot, obviously. And I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but we did a lot of wrestling, and they narrowed it down from it goes to garbage man. Narrowed it down from two thousand people, girls. Um, to Kathleen Turner was one of them. Peter Fox's wow. wife was one of them. A mm -hmm. uh, lot of celebrities back then uh, tried out, but the other Ricky Frederick and myself got the roles ultimately mm -hmm. uh, from the uh 2000 they narrowed it down to 12 we went to we were screen tested mm -hmm. and then um they narrowed it down to four of us and from that um Ricky Frederick and I prevailed but then again we we kept going and going and going during the actor's strike eh? mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. a terrible actor strike for three or four months and Ricky Frederick and myself continued to go to school um, and wrestle and train. So I think that's really what got us the parts. Wow, so because you were like, so you, so you decided to go- We were driven. Yeah, so you- we were, we were driven, we were ruthless, I guess you could call it. We, I mean, I was always very competitive growing up in sports, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in basketball, baseball, tennis. I, I was always um, uh, the pitcher, we always won trophies. You're very I, tall too, because I, I when I met yeah, you, I was like, "Wow, you're you're a very tall woman." <laughs> I'm, five, I'm five ten. Yeah. yeah, probably five nine now. You know. Well, in he, well in heels in heels, you're even taller, like I'm as well. One, I'm six one in heels. Yeah. No, and I noticed that, and I was like, and 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 the thing is that like back then things were different. How much do you think the the entertainment industry spectrum has changed over the years? Well, I don't like digital at all I, I think film is forever i think digital is deletable mm -hmm. um i don't like um all these movies uh the franchise movies at all or these special effects movies i like movies that have stories and stories uh, about people interacting and or there's a lot of um reversals involved and mm -hmm. You don't see that in these, uh, you know, these movies that are made today, these Marvel comic or DC comic movies. I, I don't know. It's just me personally. I, I, I know Birds of Prey was a disaster at the box office. Recently. Oh, yeah. That was people, really bad. I think disaster. Did you see it? I think people no. are getting tired of these comic book movies. I think, uh, uh, I don't know. That's why I love independent films. I do a lot of in, independent films. Well... I'm allowed to improvise. I love to do improv. Well, and yeah, and that's that's actually that's that's you know the original way of how films usually were made all the time. And so, uh, in my opinion, I, I mean, I like both because I'm a, I'm a comic book guy. Like I love watching comic book stuff. You know, having seen some of the stuff that I read when I was a kid come to life finally. So that's always really intriguing. The storyline, some of the storylines leave a little bit to be desired. But at, at the end of the day, I really like how they, they formed, you know, the drama, the soap opera-ish type of drama that they have, which is really intriguing to me. So that's the reason why I kind of like uh, these movies for that reason. But I also like, you know, you know, the old school ways of how movies used to be as well. I mean, they, there's like a lot of movies out there uh, that I used to like in the 90s that I'm like, you know what? And when they do when they do reboots on them, that's what really irritates the hell out of me because I'm like, 
why did you just ruin an awesome movie? Yeah. Like, that movie is great. You, you just destroyed that movie by doing another reboot. Like when they did Ghostbusters, the reboot for Ghostbusters, I was like, I understand how the whole Me Too movement is trying to push, you know, female equality and all this stuff. That's fantastic. I'm all for that because it's- Oh, they've gone, they gone so overboard with the Me Too movement. It's but, that's, but that's the thing. It seems, it seems as though the industry has become, like, has found a way to cash in on a movement that's not, to, not meant to be cashed in. It's meant to, you know, show people and to open the people's eyes about what's going on in Hollywood. Not to cash in, but of course, the industry, they know how to, like, cash in through that so that's why they use that and they put okay we're gonna have oceans nine all women right. we're gonna have ghostbusters all women yeah. come on I, you're, you're going too far first of all you're ruining classics you're ruining classics right. and, and i get it but if you want to go ahead and do a movie about all women be original don't reboot make something all your own make something that's for you make something that's original that 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 no one else has thought of and right create your own legacy that way. Don't try to like reboot or piggyback on another legacy, create your own. And yeah. I can guarantee you, you'll receive more, you know, you'll receive more eyes on that than on something that you just rebooted. That's so. very good. Uh, that's, that's very interesting and true. Uh, I still think that men uh, dominate the box office and should. Uh, women, you know, there just isn't, aren't any women that I can think of except for Meryl Streep and, and Julia Roberts to a degree. But, you know, men, men uh, uh, people want to go see men. That's all there is to it. And, you know, um, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Um, I think there's plenty of roles for women in film. I don't uh, think I, I, this hashtag Me Too movement has gone so far uh, it's so ludicrous, so ridiculous now, in my estimation, because um, you there, you have to be so inclusive, you know, include women and everything, diversity, include everybody. Well, you know what? It should just be the best person for the job, the best person Agreed. role. And, you know, the, um, people, audience viewers want to go see guys. They want to go see men or, or they, you know, they want to see good stories, right? Um, I don't know. You mentioned comic books. Um, I wrote a comic book with my friend Larry Cohen. It's right here. Oh, excellent. The Praying Mantis. I can see it from here, actually. It's right here. Wow. We wrote this comic book together. Yeah, it's called, it's called The Praying Mantis. What's that, uh, what's that comic book about? Oh, what? It's about... Um, it's about a... It's about a chaplain who goes to Afghanistan with his brother mm -hmm. and the, um, an IED, IUD, IED blows up um, the truck and he loses his legs. So he mm -hmm. comes back and it becomes a chaplain in uh, the most crime ridden section of Washington, D.C. And he, he lives um, uh, very depressed life because he's lost his legs. He is a chaplain, but he's, and so, and he hears all these stories, you know, he's still a, a priest. He hears all these stories from all these uh, guys and women uh, that the police won't fix or rectify. So uh, um, he changes from um, being the, a praying, a priest, praying priest to praying, P-R-E-Y-I-N-G, praying mantis at night larry and i wrote the comic book my dear dear friend larry Cohen, who passed away uh last march 23rd um we wrote we wrote that comic book and we almost got it made into a feature film we met uh with some people at sony twice wow. and almost got it made into a feature film but uh you know larry passed away so it, nothing's really happened with it but yeah, it is a comic book. We did write one comic book, and he made uh, the lead girl look like me. I didn't ask him to, but he did. That's so, awesome, though. That's awesome. And, and I know, like, we spoke earlier that... Uh, not, uh, it's that very we, patriotic as well, the comic book. It's very right. patriotic. Right, that's awesome. And, and the, other, the other thing, too, I, I, when we spoke earlier, you also mentioned that you're, besides writing comic books, you've also written uh, films as well, correct? Yes, I... I wrote the treatment, the narrative synopsis for Cellular, mm -hmm. uh, 
for a Larry Cohen, and I was paid $75,000 for it, and Larry made it into a feature film. He wrote a screenplay based on my treatment, mm -hmm. and he uh, was paid, of course, $750,000, because uh, it was Larry Cohen. Uh, so, you know, he was very famous and uh, very, very much missed. I've never been the same since he passed away, to be honest with you. It was my best friend of 40 years. I'm sure, and, and I'm sure it was a difficult loss for a lot of other people in the industry as well to have, uh, to have lost uh, Larry Cohen, and, and I'm sure he's very well missed. Yes. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and like, that was, that's what you have going on back then, but now, what do you have currently going on? I mean, I know that uh, you, you just, uh, you're about to be in a movie called Together. Is it together or? Uh, yeah, together, but um, I'm not going to say much about it because nothing has been signed. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a, um, a movie called uh, From China to China with uh, Thomas Churchill, oh, who directed okay. me in, in Nation's Fire. Um, I had a, a couple of great scenes with Bruce Stern that were cut out of the movie. Uh, I had a lot of scenes in the movie that were unfortunately cut out. Um, and when we were finished shooting, Bruce Stern said to me in front of the entire cast and crew, Lorene, I've worked with the best of the best, the greatest of the greatest, and there's only one actress in my life that is better than you. And that would be my daughter, Laura. So that was quite humbling. And I was in abject shock that he said it. And he also asked me if I ever needed anything, anything whatsoever, a manager, an agent, anything. He would help me along, uh, but I didn't pursue it because I didn't want to take advantage of his kindness. He was a most remarkable man and no arrogance, no attitude about him whatsoever. So um, I really love Bruce a lot. No, that's amazing. And like, like I said, you, you have had so many experiences in this industry. You've also been named a scream queen. I don't know. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what they, that's what they had told me when I, was, when I went to uh, that event that, that I met you at. That's how they described you to be as a scream queen. No, I've done drama, comedies, dramedies. I think I did two, three horror movies in my life. That was Maniac Cop 1 and 2 and Agramon Skate that I just did. But I, I've been in over 40 feature films, 42 mm -hmm. feature films. Mm -hmm. And out of those 42, only three of them were horror movies. <laughs> so, you must have done an amazing job because that's, <laughs> for them to have said that about you, then you must have done, like, it, it, you did an amazing job. And that's the reason why they probably gave you the title. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. So I think it? Felicia Rose is the uh, uh, number one scream queen. She's quite an amazing actress. Nice. Felicia Rose, you know her, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, so what kind of, uh, what, what's your favorite genre to go ahead and shoot as far as, I know that you like independent films, but what genre in independent films do you usually like to be? Comedy. I like comedy. Ah. I, I love to improvise. I always bring my toolbox to the set. And uh, the great thing about doing independent films is the directors uh, always allow me to bring my box of toys to the set. I always have crazy ideas because I like playing irreverent, um, uh, tragic or, uh, uh, you know, uh, unhinged women. And that's what I love doing. And I always bring improvisational stuff to the set um, that... Um, helps the action along and uh i just love doing improv improvisation um and i love doing comedy i just i love doing drama as well mm -hmm. um i love drama and comedy i don't know but you know horror is very popular that's mm -hmm. what everybody seems to want to see um but if i had to choose the genre it would be comedy for sure and if, if you saw sky did you see sky no, I haven't seen it. I got a fabulous review from The Hollywood Reporter for my performance in Sky, and I basically improvised everything that I did. Wow, I got to check it out then. 
Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah, I, oh, even better. I have Netflix, so I'll check it out on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really, and that's really, that's really amazing. So that's the genre. What actor would you like to work with? Because you've worked with a lot of actors over the years. So I mean, which, who's, who's the, the best actor, the favorite actor or actress that you like working with? The favorite, my favorite actor, uh, uh, bar none, that I would love to work with is Tom Hardy. Mm. I think he's, he's uh, the new Marlon Brando. Yeah, he's an amazing actor. Uh, he's underrated. He should have won the Academy Award for Legend. He played mm -hmm. the Craze Brothers, the Twin Brothers, the Mob Brothers. Um, I don't think he was even nominated. Um, I think he's the greatest uh, actor we have. And um, he's very controversial. He lives in England. And I'm waiting for him to get a divorce so I can marry him. <laughs> Love Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I saw him in Venom, and oh, he yeah. was amazing in Venom. Like I was like, this guy, this guy's got like he, I've seen him in so many movies. Tattoo you know? the series. Did you see the series Tattoo he was in? No, I haven't seen that, but I've seen a lot of his. Mostly, I've seen most of his feature films. Uh, this is this is the comedy. This is War was another funny one that I forget that I loved. Yeah. Uh, him and him and uh, Chris Pine did an amazing yeah. job in This Is War. With Reese Witherspoon, yeah. With Reese Witherspoon, exactly. Yeah. So that was those like all these movies. Oh, and of course, Batman. He did an amazing job being uh, uh, in Batman. Like he oh, did a crazy yeah. job in that movie, a great job in that movie. Um, but yeah, no. So what about actress? Any actress that you'd like to work with? I would love to work with Laura Dern. She's my favorite actress. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Laura Dern. Um, yeah, she's been my favorite actress for probably 15 years because she's just so irreverent and quirky and uh, goofy and she takes chances you know where a lot of other actresses stay within the box she goes outside the box and she doesn't care what you think of her she just becomes the character and goes overboard with her quirkiness and I just think she's a magnificent actress and I'm so happy I was screaming when she just won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for Marriage Story mm -hmm. I was thrilled I don't think I've ever screamed uh, at the Academy Awards uh, for uh, somebody winning, except for Laura Dern. I was so happy for her. And it's funny you bring up the Academy Awards because I had a talk with this with my last guest on my last episode, Sadie Katz, and she was a little shocked at how the the ratings for the awards were so low, were the lowest that they've ever had. What are your thoughts about that? Um, there's no doubt in my mind it's all put because of politics. It's because the uh, industry is left-wing and most America are uh, sick and tired of what's going on um, with the, the impeachment hearings, with, um, you know, what's going on politically. Um, there's no doubt in my mind, America is fed up uh, with Hollywood and uh, Hollywood being above it all. I mean, and, and, and like, and I told Sadie this, that in my opinion, I think it has to do with a lot of the desensitizing that's going on since there's so many streaming networks, so many things people are looking at it as, oh, I'll watch this later or, oh, I'll just rather watch Netflix without any commercials. That was my, that was my theory as to why the, the ratings have been so low on every network to, for that matter, because people could watch everything on streaming sites now. That's very true, but that's possible. That's a, that's possible. Yeah. But I don't think that's the reason why. Um, I just, I, think I mean, your theory, your theory is very sound as well because that's politically motivated as to why people don't want to watch the Academy Awards. They're sick and tired of hearing actors and actresses who should just be getting up, making a, a speech, a grateful speech, and not using that platform to go and not ahead using and that platform yeah. to talk politics. You yeah. know. Get get up, get your damn award, and get the hell off the stage, like Ricky Gervais says. <laughs> you know, no one gives a damn what you what your politics are. Get your award, thank your agent, thank your family, thank your God, and get the hell off the stage. <laughs> well, Lorraine, on that note, we're gonna go ahead and stop right there. Um, before we go, I mean, how can my listeners and my viewers go ahead and you know make sure they they keep tabs on you and see what you're up to. Oh, please follow me on uh, Instagram, Loreen underscore Landon. And on Twitter, uh, it's Loreen Landon. Um, I got, 
I got hacked yesterday uh, by some uh, uh, Cretan that uh, is putting my face up saying uh, for everybody to uh, follow, uh, how to get followers or whatever. Oh, like they're using- thousand followers and you can too. And um, I know anybody who knows me know it's not me because I have a command of the alphabet. This person couldn't even freaking spell. So a lot of my friends said, hey, Lorene, I know this isn't you because you can spell. And this, this joker couldn't even spell. He says, hi, friend. Uh, follow me. I got so many Twitter follow. It, it's just, I spent the entire morning trying to fix this uh, virus. Uh, that's got to be such a pain in the butt. That's got to be. Oh. oh, yeah. So please follow me on Twitter. I'll follow you back. Um, if you're respectful, and if you like Tom Hardy, and follow <laughs> me on Instagram, and not on Facebook because I hardly do Facebook at all. It's, there's too many crazy people on Facebook anymore. Hey, I'm I, one of them, so. <laughs> no, no, it's fine, but I have I have five thousand friends, eh? And and you know I get message messages from people that are absolutely insane that if I don't uh, respond immediately, then um, they get furious or they think we have a relationship going, right? Just mm -hmm. because I say, thank you for liking my films. Oh, I'm in love with you. Let's get together. And then I don't respond. And then they say, up yours, bitch. I thought we had something going. Um, uh, you know. There's a lot of crazy, there's a lot of crazy people. Oh, uh, yeah. So crazy. Well, I like crazy too because I'm insane myself. But you know, I I don't go stalking people on Facebook. Well, there's there's a difference between being crazy in a lighthearted, comical way where you're cool with the person, and yeah, yeah, then yeah. there's crazy where you're stalking and damn near threatening to hurt the person. <laughs> oh, that's happened a couple of times. Oh, I can imagine. In this industry, that's always gonna that's always gonna be the case, unfortunately. Especially when you have that much fame, that many people that have seen you, you know, they're gonna want to go ahead and pretend they have a relationship with you. I mean, soap opera actors they get that all the time. Like they're oh, from yeah. what I from what I heard, soap opera fans are like there's no other, and they're crazy. Oh, they uh, just watch them on TV every day. They feel yeah. like they're they're family. They're you're mine, I guess. Oh, right? I had I, I had a I, I'm friends. I'm, I'm one of my really close friends. Uh, his name is Jeremy Miller. Uh, you might have uh, you might have seen him. Uh, he played the little brother Ben on the show Growing Pains. Oh yeah, and, yeah, of course, yes. Yeah, he's he's one of my good friends, and we had this conversation because I had Sean Kanan on my show a couple of weeks ago. Sean Kanan's been in General Hospital. Uh, he's been in The Bold and the Beautiful. He's been in a lot of uh, TV shows. He was also the bad guy in Karate Kid Part Three. Okay. Uh, so, and we got to talk about that, and uh, Jeremy tells me he's like, "Man, you should hear some of the stories that some of these guys have." I mean, there's been stories that. Uh, you know, they that these like women are all of a sudden taking a shower in their bathroom and they've been caught by their wives. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? It's like, oh, we're like married or something. They're crazy. What? They're like, they think they actually have a relationship with this person God. through the screen. Like, oh it's my just, they're God. insane. They're insane. Soap opera fans are crazy. A lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are crazy. Oh, so. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty crazy. But anyways, Lorraine Landon, thank you so much for being on the Xander Effect. Yeah, hey, uh, the Xander Effect. Everybody, watch it, follow it. It's wonderful. How can I follow you? Oh, you know what? Well, How I'll, can I get you? Find me. <laughs> yeah. What what I'm gonna do is what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna add you. I'm gonna go ahead and start following you. Okay. And then you could go ahead and follow me back, and then we can. And I'll and stalk you. you. Okay. Hey, okay. feel free to. Huh? Feel free to. You know, I love I love being stalked by beautiful you. women. <laughs> I, I think everybody should marry a stalker. You know why? <laughs> because stalkers don't have time to cheat on you. They're too busy stalking. <laughs> That's the truth. You should marry stalkers. They never cheat on you. They're too busy That's... stalking you. <laughs> That's, that a good point. That's true. On that note, we'll go ahead and let you go here, Lorraine. Hopefully, I get to see you again. Hopefully, uh, we'll bump into each other again. And hopefully, maybe like when you're on set, I'd love to go ahead and visit you on set and interview you on set. Oh, uh, cool. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, I just did a Soros Way in uh, Branson, uh, Branson, uh, Missouri. 
uh, the home of the Stanley Cup. Nice. Uh, St. Louis. Oh, I love uh, hockey so much. And um, at the St. Louis Blues. I, anyway, um, so look for that movie. That's going to be coming out. Uh, Soros Way. I star in that. And when is that one coming out? Um, it, well, it's a short now. They're doing a Whiplash thing with it, where Whiplash was shot as a short in the beginning, mm -hmm. and then they made a feature film out of it. So that's what we're doing right now. And we also need some more some money of course of course so you know it's always about the money right always it never so, fails the money <laughs> awesome well well lorraine it was a pleasure speaking with you again and we'll talk to you very soon thank you so much for having me on your wonderful show thank you for being on it <laughs> okay god bless okay. thank you bye Thanks so much, Lorraine Landon, for being on the Xander Effect. Appreciate your time, and I hope to see you again on the show. In sports, the Daytona 500 started off a little slow due to uh, it being postponed thanks to uh, apparently there was a there was major rain going on over in Daytona, and uh, it 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 postponed the the race until uh, until Monday. And uh, after a few you know a, f a few late crashes sent the race into overtime we officially have a winner by denny hamlin he won the five the daytona 500 uh on monday and uh he's the new champion for that one so many many uh many daytona many racing fans are very happy to see him win He's won it for the third time in his career, so he's definitely happy, especially on President's Day. He he went ahead and won it, and uh, congratulations to him. In other sports news, the XFL LA fans... Not so much. <laughs> there aren't too many XFL fans going on right now. And the proof is in the fact of the matter that many people were posting pictures on social media of the stadium being completely practically completely empty during uh during the 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 game and actually before the game and during the game so it seems that many people many people aren't exactly coming back it's funny because many people were actually complaining that the xfl was uh was gone too soon and there should have been more games and blah 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 but it's back and not too many people are, are fans of it. This, well, then again, this is allegedly what uh, WWE says that many people wanted the XFL back. However, th it doesn't seem like it because it seems like there's a lot of empty seats in a lot of these pictures that people sent. Granted, many people are saying that it was before the game started, but even during the game, there were reports that half of the stadium was empty. So it looks like Los Angelinos you know, whether it be the XFL fans or NFL Charger fans, it doesn't seem like they're supporting the sport too much. So who knows how much longer LA might have a team as far as XFL is concerned. And at the same time, I mean, you got to look at it this way. You can only go so far with a sport. I mean, yes, I'm a major football fan and I love when college and the NFL, you know, season begin. But after it's done, it's kind of like, okay, cool. Let's move on to other sports. There's baseball, there's hockey, there's basketball, there's soccer. So many other sports out there that adding another football season, granted it's not NFL, but it is XFL, it's kind of overkill, you know? It's a little overkill for a lot of fans. They're like, okay, great. There's only so much you could see of you know, guys beating the ever living crap out of each other before you get kind of bored of it. And like, okay, I want to watch another sport now. So in essence, it's, it's one of those things where many people are, are like, you know what? I, I, I could understand as a football fan, I could understand that this is something that, that may affect football and the XFL is concerned, but what are you going to do? I mean, people want to see something different. They want to see a different sport. Let's move on. Speaking of moving on, Cody Bellinger, pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, is moving on from the whole Astros uh, fiasco that happened as I as I reported in my previous podcast that uh, Cody, Be Cody Bellinger was very vocal about it basically saying that they cheated all these years and he was very unhappy about it but he went on to actually say 
after the comments he made, he says, the only thing on my mind is spring training and that's it. At this point, it seems that, uh, you know, he said this uh, early in the morning on Monday and, he, you know, he also went on to say it's 2020 right now, ready to go to war with what we've got in this locker room. I'm really excited for this year. And to be honest with you, a lot of Dodger fans, even though we're really pissed at what happened, at what the Astros did, and the fact of the matter that we got hosed. I mean, even San Francisco fans. I've spoken to San Francisco fans, and yes, the Giants are our rivals, but even they were like, you know what? You guys got screwed. And yeah, you're damn right we got screwed. Los Angeles Dodger fans, we got screwed out of winning the World Series. Who knows how that game would have gone had the Astros not cheated. It might have gone our way, but we'll never know because that was taken away from us. So what are you going to do? I mean, at the end of the day, there's not much you can do. And we just... As 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 uh, Cody Bellinger is doing, we all need to move on as well. Focus on the 2020 season and focusing on getting back into the World Series. Up next, I have Ian Garen's cry for your listening pleasure. Yeah. 
That's Ian Garen's cry right here on the Xander Effect. I'm back. Yes, it's Xander Dames. And man, do I got some video game news for you guys. Looks like Sony PlayStation is still playing the cat and mouse game with Microsoft, uh, with Xbox, uh, the Xbox One X series, because they have yet to announce the price of how much their PS5 is going to be going to cost when it's set to release later this year because Xbox hasn't announced it either but many people are estimating that the prices is, is looking at around anywhere from five $470 and a little lower just to be competitive against Microsoft. Sony right now is still, it has broken tradition they usually um, make their announcement around February of what, what the price is going to look like but they still haven't said anything. They've been very tight-lipped about the entire thing so chances are they're still they're still waiting they're they're kind of looking at it this way and and i don't blame it because this is a business standpoint they're gonna look at to see who's gonna flinch first so at this point it's it's there it's still a wait for many people Many people are still wondering what exactly is going to what ex, where, where exactly it's going to go from here. So here's hoping that it's at 470, maybe even a little bit less than that would be fantastic, would be ideal, obviously, for every single player, especially during the holiday season, because that's when it really, really gets super expensive. That's that's when every every single uh, video game console, every single person, I'm sorry, every single company is trying to make it happen. So they're really looking for they you know they're they're really looking to pocket it, especially like the holiday season is where everybody is like, okay, we need to buy, we need to go ahead and shop for our kids, for our loved ones, whatever. So. Yeah, they're, you know, I, I'm assuming that that's what they're they're waiting on right now. We'll see what happens. In other video game news, The Division 2 Warlords of New York is pretty much, it's it's coming out. It's going to be uh, priced at $30. It's similar to what uh, Star Wars Battle Battlefront did as well. They, they charge the same thing. And it's so far, it's getting a lot of good reviews. And, and, and a lot of people are saying that this is actually what Tom Clancy and The Division needed. Tom Clancy's The Division 2 needed because... I mean, don't get me wrong. The first one was really, was really, I'm going to say it. It's, it was really boring towards the end because it was just too much, too much activity. The map was really huge. You had to pretty much run everywhere you went to. There was no vehicles. So, you know, it is what it is. But this one, the second one, I kind of got into it. I kind of got into it a little bit more. They did a better job on the Division 2. But as everything, it starts dying down. It starts getting a little boring after playing so much and after doing so much on it so looks like the um the the new dlc that's going to be coming out is actually going to be jam-packed with uh, a lot of features and well that's the reason why it's costing 30 dollars. it looks like the expansion is gonna bring a whole bunch of new levels it, they're 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 upping the level to uh they're upping the the level from uh, the cap is actually going to be at 40 and it seems like there's going to be uh, infinite leveling systems uh, to, to let endgame players spend uh, SHD tokens. So that's going to be a lot of cool stuff. They're, they're, they're basically putting in... Um, they're, they're increasing the, the character's abilities uh, to, to finding new loot. So there's going to be a lot of cool stuff with the Division 2's new DLC. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually going to go ahead and check it out myself and see exactly if it's worth the $30. And if not, I'll let you guys know. That's the news in case you haven't heard it. Join me next time on The Xander Effect as I go ahead and interview uh, artist CeCe Penn that's going to be an awesome interview to have and i'm looking forward to that thank you so much for listening to the xander effect and i will see you guys next time live it up be taylor flow rider live it up
Just like tightrope, no talking, not that up a maestro. More like that lizard from Guy Cohen. The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc. BMG and Sony Music The Orchard in association with Art19 Media.